Well, greetings, friends. It's good to be with you once again on our Wednesday night uh, sessions. And we just welcome you right into this time, gathering together, as it were, uh, in Christ, and certainly in the very spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've had a lot of rain here and a lot of fog and a lot of cold weather. Maybe where you may be having the same thing where you are, but it's coming pretty close to floating us off of this mountain. And, uh, but it's, it's good to be with you today and just share with you our sessions that we're looking at on these particular uh, studies on Wednesday has to do with the reality of being in Christ. And that's a reality that is promised throughout the Old Covenant and particularly in all of the feast of the Lord in the Old Covenant that we spent two or three years going through. But now coming to the reality of what all of those types and shadows were about. All of the types and shadows with regard to the feast, with regard to the tabernacle, with regard to the temple, with regard to Israel itself. With regard to Israel itself. Has to do with our being, our union with the Lord Jesus. And that's what our salvation is. Our salvation is found in our union with Christ. And that union, of course, is by the very Spirit of Christ Himself. So, we've been talking about the reality of being in Christ. Now, from there, I've been looking at, at that reality uh, in Matthew, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 16. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. And we've been looking at these ver uh, from verse 13 through verse 20. Uh, actually, from verse 13 through verse 20. Uh, and uh, our emphasis has been upon the, the reality of who Christ is. Not just that He is, but who He is and who he is in relation to his body, the church. Let me say that again, because that's what has really been upon my heart, uh, not only in these classes, but in other classes as well, in the monthly CDs, uh, as to who he is. Who he is with regard to our union with Him, and with regard to His union with His body, the church. And it is His body, the church, that I'm looking at just now. But let me read this quickly, and then we will look at that union that we have with Christ as His body, the church. So we're focusing upon that relationship that we have with Him as His body. Verse 13, when Jesus came unto the and he came unto the coasts of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? 
And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but whom say ye that I am? I've had a lot of sessions on that, and I'm still very much caught up in to that question that he asked of his own disciples. He's not asking this of the Sanhedrin or, or the Jews in general, though he has in one way or another done that, but here his focus is upon his disciples who not very long in time, who not, not very long as time goes, uh, will themselves be his body, the church. But he's asking them this question now, before the cross, before his resurrection, before his coming as the fullness of what the day of Pentecost had stood for in all of the feasts, year by year by year. Before that, it, but coming right up to the time of the cross, he's asking them, but whom say ye that I am? And Peter answers him, thou art the Christ. Thou art the anointed. Thou art the anointed. Most scholars will uh, in writing about this, their commentaries will use that as uh, the Messiah. Well, that's true enough. But the term the anointed is the one that I'm particularly dealing with now in, in my studies. And he answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. You remember when Paul came to, came to the time when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me. And with regard to that revealing of Christ, there and, 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 uh, uh, and even on the road side, uh, as it is recorded in, Mac, uh, in, uh, in the book of Acts, but when I read this, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, unto you, one of the things that Paul said when he had come to see Christ in an inward way, having Christ revealed in him, he said, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. And we'll leave that a minute, but you might think about it because that's what he's saying here. Flesh and blood does not reveal this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then, based upon that, he goes on to say, And I say unto you, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, not meaning Peter himself, but that which the Father had revealed concerning the Son, upon this rock, will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever, whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, actually it reads more like this in the, in, in, in the older manuscripts, and, in, and in, this is the way it should be read. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, shall be that which is bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be that which is loosed in heaven. 
And then he charged the disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus, the Christ. All right, now, the point we want to look at here is upon this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We've been looking at this in several, uh, several sessions that we have here in this place. And uh, looking at two things, I will build my church. And we've been looking at that in several other of our teaching sessions. And the thing that we're dealing with is just how remarkable, how, how non-earthly is that church which is his body, the fullness of him. And we've been looking at the, the, the reality that the church not only is not now based upon being an organization or based upon a certain religion, even in a Christian religion, but that the church is something of a new creation in Christ Jesus. I will build my church. And in connection to that is what I want to talk with you about primarily today. We must come to see. Because why? Well, let me back up. We must come to see a certain thing that I want to talk to you about because the church in reality, hon, the church in reality only exists as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, you know where we find that in the epistles of Paul, and quoting there from 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, if any man be in Christ. Now see, we could sit here for an hour, I could, and say what that does not mean. You know, if any man be a church member, if any man be this, if any man be that. We could go on down the line, and it would always sound religious. It'd always sound religious. But the reality of it is what I want to talk to you about. Because here we begin to see, in an altogether different way, our union with Christ. And our union with Christ is certainly our union one with another, but our union with Christ is not based upon our union one with another. Our union with Christ is this supernatural union. And I say supernatural because it requires new birth. It requires spirit baptism. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, the new is come. And so what I started to say a while ago was that we must come to see the altogether otherness. This is a term that Brother Sparks used in a lot of his books over the years. And it's altogether otherness. That the church is something that is altogether other than man. It's altogether other 
than the world. It's altogether other than the Adamic creation. It is not just an organization set up by men, no matter what the name of it is. Now, I know that that's not the understanding nowadays of the church with most people who call themselves Christians and who may certainly be genuinely Christians. But in order to see the church, which is you, if you are born from above, then we must see the church in what I've already said, it's altogether otherness than the Adamic creation. Because it results, it is the results of our salvation. It is a result of our union with the Lord Jesus. Now, because of our union with Him, we therefore have union one with another. But if you take Christ out of the picture, there is no church, there is no body of Christ, and we have absolutely no union one with another. Except we be in Christ, we're just a bunch of Adamites. And you, you know what happened when, way back in time, Adamites decided that they would build them a high place, that they would build them something that would bring them into a union with God. So they decided they would build a high tower. And the results of that, and we won't go through all of the details of it, the results of that was their languages were all scrambled so that no one could understand what the other said. And just something like that destroyed the union that they were striving for with God. Later on, after that, Abraham actually made the same mistake when he was promised a son and he listened to others than God and he produced Ishmael and could not find union with God by means of Ishmael. No, it had to be Isaac because it had to be a certain birth it had to be given in a certain way, and it had to come at a certain time. And of course, we understand, or should understand, that it speaks only of our union with God in the person of Christ, through the person of Christ, by the person of Christ, who says, I am the way, the truth, the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's so important, hon, that we don't try to make a religion out of that, but a reality of life. Not a religion, a reality of life. No man cometh to the Father, but by me. This is the same Jesus that is saying here, I will build my church. No man will do it because it is built upon 
established upon and will, will grow up on and up into the understanding of me that is revealed by my Father. So, you and I have got to come to see the altogether otherness of His body, the church. It can't just be a bunch of people finding their agreement in some Bible passage or some Bible doctrine. It's got to be more than that. It has got to be understood to exist through our union with Christ and really by no other means. That's what he means when he says, I am the way. It is through your union with me. I am the truth. of your union with me. I am the life. It has to be through union with me that you have access to the Father. I will build my church. So I'm going to try to get this subject or this statement read again. We must come to see the altogether otherness of his body, the church, as being a new creation in Christ. Now, how new is that creation? Well, it's one that has to be raised up out from among the dead by the resurrection and the life himself. Listen to me. Honey, you, we hear so much in Christian religion. Most of us have been in Christian religion all of our life. I certainly have been. And we hear that there is a resurrection coming one day for the church. When, darling, the reality of it, the reality of the church, the reality of his body, the reality of our union with him is based upon the truth that we exist in Christ through the resurrection. The church is already resurrected. Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. And he goes on to say, and you know that's in John 11. I have it on a printout here that I may get to in a little while. But the whole point, he says, is that therefore, those that live believe and live in me, shall never die. See, it has nothing to do with a physical body. It has nothing to do with a body of death. It has nothing to do with a body uh, that is born of a woman. It has to do with that body that is born of the very incorruptible, eternal seed of God. You have to understand this, hon. 
He is the indwelling resurrection and the indwelling life. That's who he is. He is the Christ of God. And he dwells in you. He is the eternal son of God. And he dwells in you. He is the resurrection and the life and he dwells in you. That's how different, that's how altogether other the church is. It exists by resurrection from among the dead in sin. Now, let's look at that. Let's look at that. Here in Matthew, I will build my church. I want us to look in John 2 where he says, I will raise it up. Now just stay with me for the rest of this class on some verses because that's about what I'm going to be doing. Going through these verses. John 2, 13. And every, every time we see this in, in Matthew and he says, I will build my church, he says that in connection with the cross. But I don't want to use this whole lesson on Matthew 16. We've been talking about that for, for a good while and we'll continue to do that. But if you look at the settings, it always has to do with the cross. And John 14, if you look at the settings there, 15, 16, 17, it all has to do with the cross. I mean, it's within a few days of the cross. But looky here. And, 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 and it's all talking about his body, him bringing forth a body, him bringing forth a union. And in that day you will understand that I'm in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Honey, it, it is all related to a finished work of the cross, which is a taking away of the first and establishing of the second. And the church, and the church in reality, the church in union with Christ is certainly bound up with the second. The person of the second is the Lord from heaven. The body of the second is the church. Well, verse 13 of John 2, And the Jews' Passover was at hand. You know, I know, hun, that was accomplished at the cross. That's all about the cross. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem and he found in the temple those that sold oxen, sheep, and dove, and the changers of money setting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money, overthrew the tables said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence. Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And he said all of that using the types and the shadows. All the sacrifices were types and shadows. The temple itself was a type and shadow of the true father's house. John 14, we've looked at it time and time again. He starts out that chapter, in my Father's house. And we understand through that few verses there in, well, John 14, we understand that the Father's house can only be understood as the reality of our union with Christ himself. Where he says, I will receive you unto myself. Where I am there you may be also. This is not a point in time to come. This is the reality of our salvation now, hon. Well, all right, here we are. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Then answered the Jews, and said to him, what signs? They're always looking for a sign. People are still looking for a sign today. Or something they can call a sign. What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou, that you're doing these things? What kind of a sign? What kind of authority? What, 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 what are you doing here? 
And Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Well now, then, they're standing there as dumb as a fence post concerning any reality that Christ is offering to them at all. They, they do it every time. They do it when he comes into their sessions in the tabernacle and takes the book and reads it to them. They haven't got the slightest idea. And they've had these, they've had these scripture forever. They haven't any idea what he's talking about. Jesus answered and said, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. And then the Jews said, forty and six years. Now, they were talking about the time that it took to Herod to beautify it. They, they weren't going even all the way back to the time of Solomon. They weren't going back to the time of the rebuilding of, of that by Nehemiah, Ezra, and others after the bondage of captivity in Babylon. They, weren't, they were only going back a little ways. And they said 46 years was this temple in, in building. Wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. Sweetheart, that is the temple that you are if you are in Christ and Christ in you. Every time, every time those words are said, every time Jesus speaks them, every time Paul talks about that kind of a union, he's talking about the church, which is his body. Not which is his organization, which is his organism, which is his body. What a union. What a union we have in Christ. Union with Christ. Union with the Father in Christ. And union with one another in whom Christ dwells. Now, John 6, John 6, let's look at this. John 6, verse 38, 39. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Please mark this. Uh, write it down somewhere or remember it. John 6, 38, for I came down right here in the King James from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And please remember in your searching to relate that to Hebrews 9, 24. And not only that, but Related to Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 7. Okay? I came down from heaven. And he goes on, And this is the Father's will who hath sent me, that all of which he hath given me I should lose nothing. But should raise it up in the last day. Not at. In the last day. The last day, hon, is the day of the cross. The last day is what the cross brings about through his death. Yes, burial. And yes, resurrection. 
Don't let anybody tell you that the last days are still to come. Some, I mean, come on, darling. But I should raise it up. This is the Father's will that has sent me, that of all which he's given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again, which doesn't mean it was raised up one time and I'm doing it again, but raise it again. Raise it again. It's just a, it just means raise it up. Raise it up. That I should raise it up in the last day. All right? Look at verse 40, John 6, verse 40. Because all of this is talking about the church. At verse 40, his body. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son, now, what that word means, and there's a lot of definitions of it, but it means, in other words, I'm reading here from, from the Greek, to discern or Intensively, it means to acknowledge. In Strong's, it means to behold, to look on, to perceive. Paul uses these same things with when he's speaking of a revealing of Christ in you. They that look for him, which means they who set the gaze of their soul up on him. And it has to do with the acknowledging. The acknowledging. Here it doesn't necessarily mean an inward revealing of Christ, but it does mean an acknowledging of Christ. That everyone, so let's look at it, because it's talking about those who come to be born from above. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which acknowledgeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up in the last day. Now see, honey, see that doesn't make any difference, or it doesn't make, <laughs> it doesn't make sense, it, it doesn't, it, it, it confuses the truth, so to speak, if you try to apply that to a day that hasn't come yet, particularly if you try to apply that to a resurrection of natural dead bodies. It simply doesn't make any sense. It's not talking about that kind of an event that is yet to come, whether it is yet to come or not, is not what I'm, that, that's not my question here. What is he here talking about? I will raise him up in the last day. It's talking about the cross. It's talking about those who received him in the power of his resurrection after the cross, after the cross, beginning with the day of Pentecost. So it, here he's talking about this same body. I will raise it up. Now he's talking about the same thing, and it's always I will raise it up. I will raise it up. Paul talks about the same thing in Romans 6. He talks about the same thing in every epistle he writes. But I just wanted us to look at this sequence here. The word at is not there in the original. I will raise him up 
in the last day. The last day refers to the last day of Old Covenant Israel, which answers to the cross, where he said, I will take away the first and establish the second. It is, wherever you find this, it's going to be relating to the cross. Hebrews, throughout the book of Hebrews, from Hebrews chapter 1 all the way through, it will be relating to Christ and the cross. The ending of one regime, the ending of one age, the ending of one world, one age, and the bringing forth of an altogether new creation in Christ Jesus that has nothing of the old in it because He is the newness of it. Now, hon, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about the altogether otherness of what is raised up in Christ Jesus, of what is dwelling in Christ Jesus. We're talking about a new creation in Christ and that the body of Christ is a new creation in Christ, altogether other from a fleshly. But folks are still looking at the church world today not everybody, but so many are looking at the church world, the re Christian religious world, as still being just a bunch of bodies, you know, as it were, walking around. Uh, members of a church organization of some kind, and then thinking that one day we will be His body and there will be this glorious change, hun. We're already his body. The change is inwardly salvation of our soul. Yeah, yes, the healing of your bodies, the deliverance of your bodies, all of that is certainly fine, well, and true. But the body that he raises up is our very soul. Well, let's continue to look. Look, same chapter, John 6, same chapter, verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Now see, the Jews got all upset about that because they were walking around saying, what do you mean? He's telling us now we're never going to die? Well, yeah, really. But they're seeing no farther than their bodies and seeing no farther than his body because every time he speaks of something of his union with God, which is a real union, they want to start throwing rocks at him. Eventually they crucify him over it because he says and speaks of his union with the Father. The Father and I are one. Now what we're not talking about here is that we ever become Christ, the Son. No, hon, we become the body of Christ the Son because the Christ the Son lives in us and if He doesn't live in us we are dead as a doornail and separated absolutely from God. But it is through our union with Him that we have union as his very body. The church, which is his body, the fullness of him who filleth all in all. And that is not stating of something that one day in the future will be a reality. My Lord, it's a reality now. But you see, Peter, <laughs> you see, Peter, only my Father 
can reveal this unto thee. No wonder Paul says, it was that very God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ whom it pleased to reveal his Son in me that I may preach him. And that's what we're doing right now, darling. We're simply preaching Christ. Consequently, salvation, which is this glorious union with him. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Can you look at that? Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And then I will raise him up in the last day. Eternal life, I will raise him up in the last day. Again, hon, that's the resurrection from among the dead in sin. It's the same thing he says to Martha and to Mary when he declares himself to be that resurrection and that life in John 11, which we probably won't get to in this session. My point again, hon, is that the body of Christ exists because it is raised up. It is raised up. What was that time again, uh, Raven? 45. Pardon? 45. 45, that's 15 minutes then? Yes. All right, okay. All right. Now, stay with what I'm saying here. John 55, or John, <laughs> John 6 uh, 55, but let's go on. Verse 56, He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood. Look at this. Now, now, now see, he says something that they can't understand either. Dwelleth in me and I in him. That's exactly the gospel that Paul preaches. What are we talking about? We're talking about being raised up together, quickened together with Christ, raised up together, together there meaning one body, seated together as one body in heaven. Remember I told you to Mark that down. I am from heaven. Seated together in heaven in Christ. In union with Christ. How altogether other is the body of Christ from a body of the Adamic, the Adamic creation. It's one body because it has only one birth, one spirit, one baptism, one resurrection, one life, that's the body we're talking about, hon. When I say the reality of being in Christ, this is what I'm talking about. This glorious union with Him. He dwelleth in me and I in Him. Now look at verse 57. As the living Father hath sent me, 
and I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, you can say it this way, so he that dwelleth in me, and I in him, even he shall live by me. Paul gathers this up into the cross. He gathers it up into the cross, into the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus in Galatians chapter 2. Well, he does it everywhere, but in Galatians chapter 2. Two twenty, I think, where Paul is able to say, I'm crucified with Christ. Now that then necessitates a resurrection. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet it's not I who am living but it is Christ who liveth in me. And it is in Romans 6 where he explains that as being the very Christ raised up from among the dead by the glory of the Father now liveth in us and we live in newness of his life. Once again, hon, we're talking about the altogether otherness. Of the church. Hell couldn't hold it. Death couldn't hold it. Hell couldn't hold him. Death couldn't hold him. The gates of hell couldn't hold him. And the dead who hear my voice, he says, shall live. None of that can hold the body of Christ either. Because those who come forth out from being dead in sin come forth through new birth, baptism into him. Sin can't hold. Hell can't hold. None of that can withstrain, for Christ conquered it all. And we are the body of his resurrection, of his life, and of his glory. It is Christ in you, Paul says, the glory. The glory that was a hope, the glory that was an expectation, the glory which is the expectation of the Father. It is Christ in you. Hallelujah. What a tremendous thing. And then in John 11. John 11. You go ahead and read John 50, uh, uh, as I'm reading John 6, 57 and 58. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth this bread shall live forever. I will raise it up, he told the Jews, and they didn't believe him. But that's exactly what he did and what he is doing now every time a believer is born from above. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. John eleven twenty five twenty six. 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. She had a pretty good doctrine on resurrection according to the Jewish religion. But he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he's talking about dead in sin, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And then if we were going on any farther in this lesson, which we're not, the next John would be John 14, 1 through 7.
And as we continued on that, we'd go on with John 14, verse 16 through verse 20. And actually, we would look at, let me see, then we would look at Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, verse 1 through verse 7. I quoted part of that to you, how that our salvation comes by you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins and and he hath quickened us as one body with Christ raised us up one body with Christ together made us set together one body in King James here has heavenly places the Greek translation is in heaven in Christ Jesus, that in ages to come. So this thing is not short-lived, but is eternal. Eternal. He might show the exceeding riches of His grace, the exceeding riches of His grace. That's a tremendous thing. So many of us have such a small view of grace. Well, I won't go on to that because that would open another hour and I'm not joking. But in ages to come, to continue to show us the richness of His grace, has a whole lot more than, you know, getting out of sin. It has to do with living in Christ. We are there, not only by, but in the grace of God. The riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Well, we'll pick this up later. because I want to show you the altogether otherness of the Lord's body, the church. He himself is that allness and altogether otherness of his own body, the church. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for being with us. And thank you for being with us in all of our sessions that we have and are able to have by way of internet. And listen, thank you for being with us in this outreach because that's what it is. It is an outreach from this fellowship. It is an outreach from CMI fellowship and those that are gathered up together there. It is an outreach from the Bible Research Center here. It is an outreach into the body of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for being part of it. And we appreciate those who have, who have helped us with this outreach, even beyond yourself. Those who are faithful to support this outreach throughout the body of Christ and around the world through this particular medium. We thank you very much. Every time we hear from someone who has just found this particular uh, programming and have heard this particular view of the Lord Jesus Christ, we always are thankful for those who are helping us present this gospel in its fullness in Christ throughout the whole body of Christ. We understand that that body is not an organization, but it is believers who are one body 
through the indwelling Christ who is the resurrection and the life of it. Well, thank you for being with us, and thank you for helping us whenever you can. The Lord bless. We'll be seeing you again. Amen.